Welcome to another edition of Life of Brian, dot, 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 Mannix, that is. My name's Kevin Hillier. The star of the show, of course, is Brian Mannix, who is here, thank goodness. Otherwise, I don't think we'd have a show. Well, I think we would. We'd probably just have less stupid comments on it, Kev. But, um, <laughs> but I don't think I can be called the star of the show today, Kev. We've got a true legend on the show today. Oh, we do. We have we have all bits and pieces of all sorts of things coming up on the show today. And some some uh, I've got to say some really nice music on the show too. Some new music uh, and uh, some a uh, couple of artists we we're really looking forward to uh, to playing. Now our main guest, of course, is the one and only. Shaken Stevens Bryant. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> A uh, man with an amazing uh, story to tell, an amazing uh, new um, uh, box set that's just about to be released too that uh, that we'll talk to Shaky about. Uh, but, of course, it's all thanks to Murcotts. Uh, we thank uh, them for their continued support of this podcast. They've been absolutely terrific. They're up and about. Uh, all the COVID-19 uh, protocols are, are in place, so we're now getting as back to normal as we can, and so are they. It's murcotts.edu.au or give them a call on 1300 576 They'll make you safe on the roads, and that makes all of us safe on the roads. So give them a call and uh, and check that out. Now, Shaken Stevens. Yes. Mr Mannix yeah. is responsible for some of the biggest hits of the 80s. Well, I yeah. know you were as well, but he, he, he slipped a couple in between oh, yours. Oh, he did, he did. He was, um, he was huge. I don't think he ever toured here, but he did come out and did some promotional yeah. uh, trips because he was on Countdown with Molly and all of that. And um, well, what we found out, though, was that, you know, we sort of knew his hits that he had in Australia, but in overseas he had many, many more hits than Massive. he had here. Yeah, he, he's a very big star, much bigger star in England than he probably was here, even though he was huge here. Yep. He was massively huge in England. He certainly was. For songs just like this one. Everyone, oh. Oh, this old house is every. So he does songs that everyone can sing, doesn't he? Like Green Doors, one that you can just peel off if you, you know, singing and stand in the shower. Yeah, yeah. And he, he he's he's had a background in a bit of Elvis and stuff. Yep, because yeah, he, he has. You can hear that influence in his music. And, well. Uh, let- Let's get to the man because he is the star of our show, uh, Life of Brian Mannix, that is the podcast. And, of course, I mentioned our guest is our good mate, Shaken Stevens. Yay. Hello. Shaky, how are you Shaky. doing? Is that Kevin and Brian? Yes, welcome. Thank you for doing this. It's so great to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you guys. Hey, well, Shaky, it's, exactly. a, it's, a, it's a massive, uh, massive uh, big uh, project that you've undertaken. How are you feeling at the moment? I'm uh, feeling very, very good about the about the uh, the box set. Yeah, very, very much. It's uh, it's uh, I've never done anything this big actually. It's uh, the book pack is 19 CDs with 266 tracks. There's a first solo album uh, with uh, track records in the very early days, um, and also a live concert from uh, 2019, a concert from 1980 with Radio One, uh, double vinyl. It just goes on and on really, and 54 uh, single tracks. Uh, from the uh, single out as well. And you've got the new single, Wild at Heart Out, which is absolutely fantastic. Who wrote that and who recorded it? Because it just sounds terrific. It's just, you know, and your voice is still sounding fantastic. So, yeah, anyway, who wrote the song and where did you record it, Shady? Well, it was uh, Bo Walton and uh, John David wrote the song and um, it was re put together mix-wise uh, in London. Wow. Now think of the guy's name. What was the guy's name? Oh, well, we'll call him Fred for, for, for years. <laughs> Call him Fred, yeah. <laughs> and the other song, I Need You Now. Wow, that's just yeah. old, old rarity that you just had lying around and you never released it and just found it. And wow, what a great song that is. Thank you very much. Yes, it's a kind of a gospel thing and it's got a, 
the message, and I think it's really, really appropriate from, from where we are with this dreaded uh, COVID, really. Uh, I'm very, very pleased with it. And there's oh. also a DVD that we did with it as well. Oh, fantastic. That, that was written cool. again by uh, John David. I just thought, you know, where's this song come from? Because I just thought it was a fantastic song. And, and obviously, you know, whoever you work with, you, you know, because I know you write songs, but you obviously, you know, pick your songs carefully because they're all beauty. They're absolute great. Absolute great. Thank Not you. my best English. <laughs> Don't worry. It was there for a while and uh, went on to another project and this project came up. So basically thought this would be, you know, a kind of a nice thing for the whoever wanted to buy the, the book pack to have something they don't have. And we're very oh. pleased with the uh, I Need You Know and also Wild at Heart. There's a video with that as well. Fantastic. Hey, Shaky, we're, yeah, yeah, I'm we're, here. We've, all got, we've all got little closets, you know, little skeletons in the closet, but you've, you've left nothing in the closet putting this together, have you? You've, you've, you've put it all on the uh, all out there for everyone to have a listen to. Uh, is there stuff that you cringe about or is there stuff that you're still proud of everything that you've done? Well, it was a great, it was great listening to all the tracks again, you know, because some of them had to be re-digitally mastered. I have my favourites, and uh, but overall, they are what they are when they were recorded, and uh, I'm very pleased uh, with the book pack, and the the, the artwork is uh, second to none. They've done a great job on the artwork, and it's a nice thing to have at this time of year as well. I had no idea that you sold the most singles in England in the um, 1980s, more than anybody. So that, congratulations on that. But you also sold a lot of singles. Well, down the thing here. is with that, it, it, uh, it was in the Guinness Book of Records, yeah. and uh, that, that's what they're saying. Well, Just take that. But you also sold a hell of a lot of records down here in Australia. And um, I'm just well, wondering what your, what your memories of Australia are like. Australia was uh, too long, really. But I was there for, I think, six and a half weeks. And I enjoyed every minute of it, really. It was really, really good. Uh, uh, a fabulous welcome. You know, I've had such a, a great success out there, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I haven't been out there for a long time. Uh, it, there just hasn't been the opportunities uh, for me to come back out there. But uh, hopefully uh, things will change for that. Well, we'd love to see you down here in playing. I know that when... I saw you on Countdown. I went out and bought a denim jacket. I hadn't had one for years. But um, yeah. do you remember? Do you remember Countdown? And do you remember the host Molly Meldrum? No, I don't remember Molly Meldrum. Uh, uh, I, I know the name Count. I know the name Countdown because it's yeah. a very, very, very huge, huge program. But as for denims, I mean, basically, when, when I uh, first got my first TV uh, as a hit, which was Hot Dog in, in the UK. And I, and I thought, well, my God, what am I going to wear? So I just shoved on some denims and, uh, you know, uh, jeans on the top and uh, and off I went. <laughs> well, it gave me a bit of a trademark. It was well done. So I'm, I'm, assuming that you don't indeed, re- yeah. I'm assuming you don't remember having your photo taken with me, Shaky, so that wasn't a highlight of your Australian tour. <laughs> uh, it's such a long time ago, so uh, um, I apologise for, hey, no, for not remembering that. Shaky, you mentioned, right. you mentioned that song Hot Dog, which was a Buck Owens song. Um, You've done so many was, different. Yeah. You've done so many different genres of songs over the years. How do you? What sort of a singer do you describe yourself as? All times, really. I mean, uh, within the music that I do, I mean, uh, it's blues. There's there's rock. Uh, there's there's all kinds. Country country blues. So uh, you know, there's there's, there's a, a lot of styles there. Really, you were playing with the Sunset Shaky, and then um, you got a job. The, in the theatre, in the Elvis play, playing in where? Yeah, didn't you play in the Elvis shows? Yes, I did. Yeah, theatre show, and you played Elvis in the good years, the the middle years of his life, and that yeah. ended up going for two and a half years or something, I believe. It was a very big success. Nineteen months. Um, that's a long time. Yeah. And was that fun? Was that a, was that a great gig? Or you know, how did you feel about that? Yeah, it was. I mean, the. Uh, we we turned professional, uh, you know, in '69, and basically, uh, I, I was with other groups before, but the Sunsets uh, I made records with. But um, I, I think you know, we it run its course really, and come '76, I believe, I, w- I went with track records, had people like Jimi Hendrix and the Who, etc. And yeah. uh, I made an album with them, and. Um, Unfortunately, uh, the the company uh, went into liquidation, so uh, the album was re- released, but uh, didn't do didn't do us nothing really. But what happened from there was that uh, 
Jack Good, uh, who was responsible both for big, 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 big shows like uh, Six Fight Special and The Old Boy and stuff like that, and also the Tina Turner Review in, in America. But they had the early Elvis. They had the, the, the latter Elvis. Uh, Timothy Whitley played the, the early one. PJ probably played the latter. So they're looking for the middle one. The middle one was Don't Be Cruels and J-Lo's Rocks and all that kind of all thing. All the best songs. So we were doing it, all of the best songs. I think his early stuff and his middle mid, middle stuff was the best. There was only four films that he did, really, for me. And he would say that. That were good. Him, the first know. four. The first, the first yeah, four? They were great. Yeah, King. King first three, four, oh, yeah. He's, a, he's bad. He's, he's not a nice guy in Jailhouse Rock. Yeah. Loving You is pretty good. And uh, yeah. what's the other one? What's the King other Creole. One? King Creole. Jailhouse King Creole. Loving You and... Oh, Love Me Tender, yeah. And then... Everything else yeah. is a remake of Blue Hawaii. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, you know, the thing is, uh, he hated the films anyway. And, uh, you know, the, the manager that he had, uh, Tom Parker, he was, yeah. uh, we all know the story that he was a, a gambling man. And uh, yeah, that's why he did yeah. so many gigs in Vegas. And yeah, there's, there's a right. play written by Alan Bleasdale called Are You Lonesome Tonight About Elvis? And one of the best lines right. in it was the old Elvis is sitting there and he's talking to somebody and he says, Man, you try singing about clam fishing and look like you mean it. <laughs> you know, I just thought that was the funniest line I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be great. But now, also, you toured with the Stones in 1969, and they would have been out of control, wouldn't it? Uh, I didn't actually tour with them, but I basically did a gig with them, uh, with, with the Sunsets. I think what it was is that uh, they, John Lennon was, did, did a, a concert in, in Canada, and he wore this white suit, similar to the one that uh, Chuck Berry uh, kind of wears in the early days. Right. And the manager agent at that particular time said, uh, sent uh, put in Melody Maker, a music mag, which was very, very popular in the early days. You know, if, if John Lennon can wear that suit, uh, we'll give the kid a break, you know, and he can come and join us on the gig. And of course, everybody fell about laughing, and uh, <laughs> uh, plus... Uh, the Stones uh, people got a hold of it, and they said, "God, these guys! You know, they must." We were doing a a, a place in Cardiff, where, where I'm actually from, and it was a university. And they sent a representative down to check us out, and they liked what they what they uh, saw and heard. And the next thing we know, we were doing a gig with uh, the Rolling Stones, and uh, we actually uh, turned up at the venue. I think it was a Seville Seville Theatre. The, the the Stones were were doing the Jerry Lee Lewis song, they were doing, you know, uh, uh, High School Confidential, they were doing something else on the blues track, you know. It was great, it was fabulous, you know. We had to stop for a bit and use a fire bucket to put the snare back on, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was all enjoyable. We got there in the end. You, may, you must what, have thought what, you'd made it then. You may, did, you, did you think, wow, this is going to be the start of us being, you know, massive big stars? Not really, because, as I said, you know, in, in 77, some, around that time, we, we'd gone as far as we can go, really, with yeah. taking Steamers in the Sunsets. And basically, uh, what came then, as I say, the track records, they went into liquidation. Then moving up to uh, the 80s, the Hot Dog track came, and then Marie Marie basically opened it up for me in Europe. And um, this whole house, oh, wow. you guys, you know, it, just, it just went wild. You know, it just it kind of uh, opened it uh, internationally right up, you know. So on the CD, you've got um, some live stuff on, on the uh, the box set. There's some live stuff, and where was that recorded? Yeah. Are there demos? And what can we expect? There's 19 CDs there, so I know you've made 20 albums, but what can we expect on the um, the box set? Well, the box set, yeah, uh, they call it the book pack, but the box set is oh, sorry, still the same thing, ready? Don't worry. Uh, 19 CDs, as you said, with tw- 266 tracks. Um, there's a first solo album with track records, uh, which is on there as well. My first live concert uh, ever. Never had a, a live concert. So uh, that uh, was done in uh, 2019. So that's, that's on there as well. And a concert that I, uh, that I did for 1980 for Radio 1. So that's on there as well. There's a rare poster. There's a double vinyl, 26 tracks. Also, fifty-four uh, tracks of uh, singled out of singles, which actually wow, it's ideal for uh, I think for this time of year. 
lift people. It was a great thrill actually going through all these tracks. Uh, that some some of them had to be uh, remastered, and uh, I enjoyed it uh, thoroughly. Have we you, started the project in January, and we're we're just on the end of it. Had, uh, uh, and it's coming of a release at the November twenty seventh. Had you forgotten some of the stuff that you'd done, Shaggy? With the stuff like playing with Tony Joe White and Hank B. Marvin and stuff like that must be memorable. Oh, great. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, Tony Joe White, uh, up in Nashville, and uh, I had this track that was kind of had a, a, a swampy-type feel to it. And, uh, and then uh, I mentioned uh, Tony Joe White. Somebody said, well, he doesn't live far from here. And um, they basically, uh, uh, we got the number, and Super Parler rang up, uh, and he said, of course I'll come down. And so he turned up with oh, a wow. pickup truck and his Wumpa Stumper <laughs> guitar. And he came in the studio and uh, it was a great pleasure, you know, to, a, a for him to come down and want to do it. He played guitar on the track and we, we chatted about uh, uh, times as well. And uh, it, it, it was uh, a big, big, big thrill for me. And uh, he enjoyed it as well. And of course, so, so Hank Marvin, and that was great as well to have uh, these talented people uh, with your records, you know. I mean, I remember being uh, listening to their records in the early days and doing a red round and, you know, hearing uh, the shadows uh, on the radio. I never thought that I'd be, you know, having Hank Morgan <laughs> playing a guitar on one of my records. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. That is cool. The singing milkman from Cardiff, you come a long way from there. Uh, I did do. I had loads of jobs actually, because uh, uh, you probably got that from Wicked Media because they get everything yeah. right. But I did get the milkman right. Vocally, yeah. you, you've uh, you kind of stretched yourself a couple of times by singing with people like Bonnie Tyler. How was that? That was good. That was uh, great. Uh, I was doing a, an album, and we needed one more track. And uh, the, the guy I was working with, Christopher Neal, we we were throwing uh, tracks up in the air, songs in the air, tr- trying to think. And uh, Rocking Good Way came up. And uh, she was actually with the same record company with, with me. I did the ep- on the Epic label, and he, she was on uh, Bonnie was on the uh, CBS label. So it was put to her, and she said, "Yeah, I, I, I'd love to do it." And the uh, the rest is history. Yeah, no, really it was, good. It's it a good move. So, Shaggy, would you be up to doing a quick tour of Australia? Um, yeah, I'd love to come back, but it just hasn't been the the right uh, opportunity coming along, really. I know people want to see you, and um, there's a lot of 80s acts from Australia that we could get to support you, and um, yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great to have you down here playing, and um, yeah, it'd be terrific because... You know, I've still got the denim jacket. I want to wear it. <laughs> Brian's That's in a, wearing well. Brian's in an ensemble that's called Absolutely Eighties, and it's a it's a it's kind of an interchange of people from different bands who get up and sing their three or four songs. And uh, that, if, if you could do a guest spot on uh, on yeah. Absolutely Eighties uh, doing uh, this old house uh, and uh, oh, yeah. behind the green door, my right. God, the joint would go off its tree. I had a whole lot of hits in the eighties too in Australia. And um, and I play yeah. with other guys that have yeah yeah I had uh, number one and you know a couple of top tens and yeah I did quite well I was I was fantastic I was quite big so I worked <laughs> with a couple of other guys that had um, top ten hits and stuff in the eighties as well we share a band and stuff but yeah we'll get you down it'll be huge we'll play some concerts we'll find a we we'll have a great band for you just get down here and have a few, bit of a thing it'll be terrific yeah. The only thing is, it's very COVID at the moment. Yeah. And, uh, oh, wow. Well, uh, <coughs> no, I haven't been able to work well, that much. We'll find a way around it, but it's, oh. uh, it's, it's terrible. Terrible for everybody, really. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Shaggy, we're doing a Christmas show. Uh, we're doing a Christmas show, and I wanted to ask you about your Christmas song, which is which is charted every year since two thousand and seven. Merry Christmas, everybody! It must be a pretty special song to you to to, to be able to drag out a Christmas time. Oh, it's very, very special. I mean, uh, when I first heard it, I, I, I liked it straight away. It, it, had, it had everything in it, you know, the words, Christmas uh, lyrics and that, and the, the, the musicians and the, the sounds of the song. I just was bowled over. I couldn't wait to record it. The trouble was, though, uh, it was due for release in 84, um, the same time uh, as Band-Aid. But we held it back. Uh, I, I just thought it'd be silly to, to let it go because you can't co- you can't compete with uh, charity like that, and it deserved to be number one. So we held it back for a year. Band Aid went to number one, and the following year they went to number two. And Merry Christmas, everyone went to number one. Beautiful. Well done. 
Beautiful. Fantastic. And and how come you didn't get asked to do Live Aid? You know what? I'm still wondering about that question because I, I just don't know why they did. I wasn't asked. Maybe I was on the same plane as uh, Duran Duran coming back from Germany and uh, they said, oh, I'm off to do this uh, track. Now, I didn't know what the hell they were talking about, you know, but I, I found out. Uh, I don't know. I was never asked. I think maybe they already had the people that they, they needed. So, uh, yeah, I can't work that one out. I think when I meet up with uh, the two guys that put it together, you know, face-to-face, nicely, I just say. I, I'm just wondering why I wasn't asked, but uh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Really. My but God, you're the biggest, now, you were the biggest selling, uh, selling singles act in, in England, in the UK, in, uh, in the whole 80s, and they didn't have you on the track. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it is unbelievable. I don't yeah. understand it, really, but there you go. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, you had your revenge the following year by, <laughs> by getting the number one. <laughs> you know, oh, I never really thought, thought like that. Yeah, oh, you need that. to think yeah, about it right like on. that. <laughs> you, know, you know, oh, you're not having me at number one? I've, I've delayed my single. And then it's almost like you're saying next year, well, if I'd released my single, you would have been number two last year, and and I've kicked your ass this year. So well done, Jakey. All right. Oh, beautiful. Hey, Shaky, uh, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Best of luck with uh, with Fire in the Blood. Uh, the fantastic collection. What a what an unbelievable body of work you have. And how appropriate that when you've got an unbelievable body of work and had such an interesting life that you put together, yeah, it's not a box set, Jakey, what is it? It's a book. A book pack, yeah. A, a book, book pack. Book pack. There's, there's, uh, yeah, and it's yeah. perfect for this time of year, and uh, there's tracks on there, you know, that uh, that people don't have. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's And they're really perfect. good. Thank you very much. No, Thank pleasure, you. Shaky. Thanks for your time. Well, I've enjoyed really... talking to you guys. It's been really good. Thank oh, you. Thanks for spending time with us here at Champion, Shaky. We love you, and... Um, I'm going to be talking to a few blokes to see if we can get you down here and do some gigs a bit. That'd be great. Okay, listen, guys, if I don't speak to you before, uh, have a great, great Christmas and stay safe. Thank you, mate. Thank you, Shaky. Take care, mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye. 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 She's on fire I've been around the boy And never seen such a Wild desire She just walked in And left me breathless I feel a fever start Good to shoot along And to be reckless She's wild at heart Perfected alone in her room. Her past is lying where she left it. The rose has bloomed. For so long she had a secret yearning and played her part. But all the while the flowers burning.
That's the new single of the uh, of the album uh, of the album albums box set. Nineteen of them. <laughs> yes, it's it's amazing how much material. Two hundred and sixty six tracks. That is quite stunning, isn't it? Well, it's it's a, it's about oh, I don't know two and a half days of straight listening. I think it would be. Yeah, two hundred sixty six times three minutes. That's a lot of minutes. Yeah, and that one uh, was called Wild at Heart. That's the uh, that's the new single. That's the single of the uh, of the big package that comes out. Now the package will be released, uh, I think, worldwide on the twenty seventh of November. So uh, make sure you uh, you check that out if you're a Shake and Stevens fan. And who knows, you may have enticed him. He may, when COVID, all the COVID restrictions internationally are down, he may come out and do a gig with you, Brian. Well, I hope so. Me and Shaky, that'd be fantastic. It would be. It would be unbelievable. I reckon. I reckon if he did come out, I reckon he'd pull a bit of a crowd. I well, I have to say, um, my wife went absolutely spare when I told her we were having Shaky on the on the podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, like you know, Rick Astley comes out, and uh, oh, he he murdered him when he came out. Yeah, here. he did. And uh, Aha came out, and I think that. Uh, Shaky, he'd go just as good as them, or probably a bit better. I'll tell you what would be a great bill. Just I'm just peeling names off the top of my head, but yep. Shaken Stevens, Nick yep. Kershaw, yeah, Howard Jones. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's three that come straight what off about the top. One of more, me. Rocky Burnett. <laughs> He's yeah. tied a toe in the line. You always take it one too far, don't you? Yeah. You're not a fan of Rocky Burnett. Oh look, yeah, it was it was a because was Kev, a, he's our. Guest on the show next week. <laughs> <laughs> He's listening to this right now. I thought you said Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Rocky, but we talked about Rocky before on uh, on the Rock and Roll podcast that we do. Is it was it was a good song for its time, but I don't reckon it's travelled that well. Oh. I don't know. I might go and have a listen to it this afternoon. Whereas I reckon, I reckon. I, see, I still like uh, occasionally hearing Nick Kershaw and even Howard Jones. Howard Jones, no one is to blame. Is a terrific song. Good song. Really yeah. good song. Throw the yeah. Thompson twins in. Um, you could put together what are they a racing. I had a picture. <laughs> Something like that. You could have been in the Thompson twins. I wasn't a fan of the Thompson twins. All right. Well, I'm glad you're a fan of Shakey's that we had him on uh, on oh, our podcast. Cause I'm going to put my denim jacket on and my denim pants on and listen to Shakey all afternoon. You're I'll one of the lucky what. people in the world who still can fit into the stuff that you wore at, at that time. <laughs> most of us, pro, uh, post-COVID, most of us can't fit into anything. Even the clothes we're currently in, we don't fit into properly. Well... Uh, but check out uh, that uh, big box set uh, of, of Shakey's. Uh, it's available uh, uh, at the end of the month, so just in time for Christmas. Everything you wanted to know and hear about Shakey is there. All right. As is your book, which we should mention, uh, Hell, I Didn't Even Like Al Green. That's available out and about now, the yeah. audio book. Google Play and iTunes, you can get a listen to that. It's Quite a funny book and um, it'll keep you amused. Absolutely. Thanks once again to our great partners, Murcotts. Uh, that is uh, Murcotts Driver Education, murcotts.edu.au, 1300 Now, Brian, yes. we're not going to go in a, uh, a car or a, a Grand Prix car as Murcotts taught you how to drive back in uh, in the mid part of the 80s, mid to late 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, so 85. 85. Um, I had to qualify for the Grand uh, for the celebrity race at the Grand Prix. And you had to actually get a fairly good time and um, they taught me and I, I made the time with about five minutes to spare after three days. But, um, yeah, that was good. I learnt a lot about driving and um, and uh, racing lines and, you know, trying to keep the car as straight as possible to get the yep. most speed out of it and when to brake and when to accelerate out of a corner and all that stuff. Yeah, it was terrific, really yep. good. I was really lucky to receive that uh, training. You think you're a good driver, most people, but you're probably not as, as, as skilled as you need to be and you probably don't know as much about your car as you need to and Mercots will certainly help you with that, so give them a call. one three hundred triple. Five five seven six. Now we're going to jump in like a DeLorean. Now I'm going to take you back in time, Brian. A little kind of, I guess this is the nearest thing we've got to a life of Brian flashback moment. You ready? Mm, okay. Here we go. All right. And we're going to go back to 1979, Brian. Do you remember that year? Um, it was my last year at school. I was in uh, doing my HSC. Right. So what? I do. Now, do you remember going to the teachers' college folk club in 1979, Brian? 
yeah, I do. I was at, at Mercy Teachers College, I believe. Uh, right. And, um, yes, I do remember going there. Yes, well, well, I do. People can hear another another noise emanating on this, and that and that's coming from a, a lady who was there at the Teachers College Folk Club in 1979 when you were there, Brian. And is her oh. in her own right a very famous musician? Of course, I'm talking about Marcy Howard from uh, Goanna back in uh, the early 80s. But now, of course, out, out her own. Hello, Marcy. How are you going? Hello. How are you going, guys? Oh, very well. Very well. Tell us about 1979 and the Teachers College Folk Club and why it sticks in your memory. I'm related to the Madden's, you know, Simon and Justin Madden and Paul. Yeah. Yep. I came up from Warrnambool and went to Teachers College in Ascot Vale because Simon and Justin, my cousins, my mother's um, nephews, were, you know, they were doing their teacher training there and I didn't know anyone in Melbourne, so I decided to go there. And The folk club was on and they said, come and do a couple of songs at the folk club. So I did and I would have done a Joni Mitchell song, probably one of my own songs, I remember Brian, you arrived, and I remember your desert boots. You had desert boots on. Desert boots, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's going back a while. Yeah, I know you did Old Shep. Yeah, yes, I did do. I would have done Old Shep because I had a song that, not the oldest Old Shep, but um, this was a song about a dog that I had, and the dog dies, but I don't get rid of the dog. So then the dog starts to smell. And by the end of the song, the only thing left of the dog is the pile of bones, but I'm still keeping the bones. Yeah, still silly idea for a song, but that's what happens when you have a few. <laughs> well, no, I thought you were great. And I remember that night clearly, and then I didn't see you for years until you turned up in a motel where, or on the road. I was on the road with Goanna, and you were on the road with um, Kenny x Yeah, I reckon it was in um, Adelaide. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I remember you guys were in the pool and Brolga, the base, our base player, walked into the pool fully clothed. That's right. Yeah, he is a bit of a space cadet, wasn't he? I remember that. It's funny, you remember the stuff, you know, that's remarkable. Yeah. And actually, you got um, on the uh, Goanna album, Simon and Justin did some backing vocals on that somewhere, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, well done. They were the Nestle Gentleman's Chorus on uh, Factory Band. Right, yeah. Dad worked at Nestle for years. Our father, yeah. Same my father, yeah. Well, spotted grasshopper. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're still making music, Marcy? I am, Brian, yeah. And Kevin, I'm, um, I, I was in Ireland in March. I went over to Open for an Irish singer over there, Mary Black. So oh, yeah. I worked with her in Ireland. And um, one of my songs she's recorded, with, we'd recorded it together. To go over and do five shows around Ireland. Got there and we had rehearsal, and you know, two days later, everything postponed. Like, coronavirus, oh. yeah, uh. come home. Oh, how, wow. how cruel yeah, is that so to get that close and then have it pulled? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've all gone through this, haven't we, Brian, this year as we so, so. Oh, yeah, but gee whiz, <laughs> going over to Ireland, you know, like. <laughs> That's a bit of a bit more of a disappointment than me not being able to go to the pub and play down the pub. How are you going? You you surviving? Oh, I'm bored out of my brain. Um, yeah. oh, thanks, I've, Brian. You know, well, <laughs> well, I've been doing podcasts with Kevin, and um, I recorded an album with the Androids, and I released an audio book. But just you know, look, I suppose you know I have kept fairly busy, but it just doesn't feel very busy, and. Now, when you because you've had nothing to do for so long, I find if I have two things to do in a day, like pay a bill and make a phone call, I'm overwhelmed with anxiety about all the stuff I have to do. So, what was the audio book called? Oh hell, I didn't even like Al Green. It's, it's about my trip to America, and I and I met this musician who who got a job playing for Al Green, and he said to me, "So I got the job." Yeah, I didn't even like Al Green. That, but I just loved the way this guy said, Yeah, I didn't even like Al Green. What's, what's wrong with that man? Al yes. Green's great. Yeah, Al Green is great. great. I've, I've had a, quite a big listen to Al Green since I got back and said, Wow, Al Green is sensational. Well, you're all connected now forever with that title. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Marcy, tell us about your son, Liam, who's, uh, who's sort of uh, the, the old apple doesn't fall far from the tree type routine. Well, Thanks, Kevin. 
Brian, the last time I spoke to you was at the Countdown reunion conference. Remember we did them at Rod Laver? Yeah. Shane was there with, and Rose and I came and joined yep. him. You guys were playing. That, that was a great um, concert, wasn't it? Oh, it was great fun. Um, you know, and it was good to just sort of hang around with, you know, everybody. You know, there was so... See everyone again from Canada. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a really great vibe, you know, hanging out with, you know, Shane. I just ended up singing at the grand final with Shane. And John English and uh, James Freud, unfortunately, neither of us are with us anymore. Yeah. And great to see Molly, you know. Molly oh, was yeah. in good form back then. Yeah, he was in good form back then. Um, but I remember talking to you backstage and, you know, your son was at school at that stage. Oh, yeah. And I remember you saying he was going into the accelerator program. I think he was pretty bright. Yeah, he was and still is. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so he's yeah. grown up now, though. Yeah, he's, been, he's 27 now. How yeah. old's Liam? Well, Liam's 20, 25, but my daughter, Virginia's 20, 27. She's just, I've just had my first grandchild in America. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've got a grandson, Leo. But, yeah, Liam, Liam is calling himself Gub, and um, he's a brilliant musician. He's, he's writing great stuff and using Ableton software and playing live. Well, he can't play live at the moment, but he's, you know, been playing live. And uh, he's doing film clips, you know, he's into making movies and um, making his own soundtracks and writing his own songs. So I'm really proud of him. Um, he's just released his EP. Uh, and we, we've been doing some work before the virus struck. Um, right. We were doing festivals. I was doing, you know, promoting my, my my albums and stuff and doing festivals and he was playing bass in my band. It's been great being able to play with my own son. I mean, I've been lucky. I've been able to sing and perform with my brothers. You know, I've got five brothers, but Shane and Damien are the kind of in the industry. And then to be able to sing and play with your son, it's, it's pretty magical. Well, Brian, you do yeah, a fair I've bit been... of stuff with your daughter. Yeah, I do. Um, my daughter, um, I often do a gig What's with her. Name, her name's Casey. Casey, yep. She's, she's a great singer. Um, Lisa Edwards sort of taught her and then... Oh, um, Lisa's great. great. And then Lindsay Field gave her lessons. So, oh, beautiful. So she's she's a better singer than me, but, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's all right. You want your kids to be better than you. But, um, and, you and you just, you know, we played together quite a bit and... Yeah, she's terrific. I think she's great. Well, tell us about Changes because that's the song we're going to play to finish the podcast off. Oh, Liam's song Changes, yes. Um, that's his new EP coming out. Um, well, it's out now, so you can get it on all platforms. Yep. And uh, there's a film clip on uh, YouTube and you can go to his website, Gub, G-U-B, yeah. Uh-huh. Liam Gubbin. Check it out. It's great. All right. We're going to play one of your songs too. We want to play one. Now, you mentioned uh, going to Ireland and doing that. Are we going to play Sorry or are we going to play Poison Tree? Which one do you want? Um, well, uh, it's NAIDOC week, so that's conflicted me. And Poison <laughs> Tree is the one I was going to do with perform with Mary. So yeah. it was Mary Black. So um, your pick. All right, we'll go Poison Tree. Right. Can, I, can I ask you, is Poison Tree inspired by the poem, The yeah, Poison Tree? Can, William Blake's poem. I've always loved it, Brian, and um, so it's William Blake and myself. I added a few words, but the music's mine, and yeah, I've always loved that poem. So have yeah. I. I was angry with a friend. I told my rat, my rat did end. I was angry yeah. with a foe. I told it not. Uh, my rat did grow. These, yeah. these are the seeds of the poison tree or something along those lines. Exactly. Like, if you've got an issue with someone, have it out or, you know. Yeah. If you bottle it up, it's Going to create a poison. Yeah, you get sick. You get sick. Yeah. No, I always loved that poem. I did English literature at school. That was one of the ones we had to study. So um, me too. See, we're same generation, same era. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. Actually, I learned a lot from doing poetry when it comes. At the time, I didn't see much point. But then, when it comes to write songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. So and you then what, it's all done and through store and all those yep, guys. Yep. Yeah. And um, and even, you know, Shakespeare, you sort of go, well, why is this so clever? And then after a while, you get white clever because of the characters are so rounded. And yeah, and no. It's, it's so brilliant, isn't he, um, Shakespeare? Oh, he's terrific. And um, 
I didn't go much for Chekhov. I thought Chekhov was a bit heavy. <laughs> Waiting for Gotto. Waiting for Gotto. Yeah, me too. I, I, I've got to. I've got to agree there. You know. You know. But um, Shakespeare, brilliant, brilliant. And like, he, like he was the original kind of entrepreneur. He set up his own Globe Theatre in London, and he he was an amazing character. Yeah. And his and his plays. Even though they're great literature. At the time, they were kind of like Jerry Bruckheimer presents, which yeah, is corrupting <laughs> and you know, yeah. people get murdered. And, and, he yeah. was, and he was having he was having subtly all that political kind of you know innuendo was in was in the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was provocative, and he was, I mean, so interesting, still so amazing, and so universal. I think that's what Dylan has that kind of Shakespearean kind of way of saying things that will be timeless. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know what I mean? Not about time. I think, you know, Blowing in the Wind, I still think it's just just about the perfect record and a beautiful song. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear the Poison Tree now that we've with gone With Mary through. Black. Yeah, with Mary Black. Have you got the orchestral one with uh, with the orchestra, Kevin? That's the, one we'll, that that's one? the one we'll play, yes. Yeah, great. It's beautiful. Mary and I recorded this for Woman's Heart a decade on in 2003. I went to open for her in Ireland, and then this recording she she put together um, twelve of her favourite tracks, and this is one of them which she put with the Irish National Symphony Orchestra. That's beautiful. Wow, I'd love to record with the Symphony Orchestra. Is it? Oh, I suppose too late, I, I, I suppose they record their bit, and you come in later. I suppose you're not actually there with the singing with them all, are you? No, I'm, I wasn't, I didn't do the recording and Mary wasn't there either because it's, it's, the, it's the recording that existed. Oh, okay. And um, the oh. Woman's Heart was, A Woman's Heart was a big album through the Irish for worldwide and it had Dolly Parton on it and Emmy Lou Harris and Mary and I singing on it, that song. Wow. And so what she did was she then took it and put it with, the, it gave it to the, uh, a conductor, the arranger, and they performed that recording, um, they they listened to our recording and played along to the score. Wow! Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. A really I'm playing guitar on. I'm playing the guitar on the track with Steve Cooney, who just you know Steve's from Australia, who just won the um, uh, the folk award in in, uh, in Ireland this year. Oh wow! Great oh. achievement. He used to play with Red Gum, and he played bass for Chuck Berry. He's been around a long time. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's terrific. Great. Yeah. Hey, Marcy, thanks so much for spending a bit of time with us. It's been uh, an absolute delight. What a what a haven't you two come a long way from old ship at the teachers' college folk club? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely story though. But we we're into the music then and still are. And thanks, guys, for bothering. Uh, I really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you for for bothering because we really appreciate it. Where of a boy 
lovely song that's uh, Marcia Howard uh, sounding every bit as good now as she did in the uh, 1980s uh, as part of Goanna and probably even back in the Teachers College in 1979 doing Joni Mitchell songs yeah no, what a she, lovely lady she's, she's a, a lovely lady and a, a great talent and oh you could probably just about call her a great Australian too uh, Kev I absolutely absolutely we only have great Australians on this program Brian well, we've had some beauties the, we have and well we had one the other week was not only a great Australian he's probably a great Indian and um, I'm talking about Steve War oh yeah who, Steve who Waugh, you yeah. managed you managed to persuade to come on the show and you know, you thought you were pretty cocky saying, oh, I've got Steve Waugh on the show, yeah. how about me? You're doing all that, how about me, how about yeah. me? Well, I've got a surprise for you this week, uh, Kev. Okay. I've got that? the other war on the show. Mark War, fantastic. I love Mark no, Waugh. Mark no, Waugh is one the of my other favorite. war. Not Mark De- War. Dean, the other brother. No. Oh. Max uh, War. Max War, the drummer from the X-Men, the drummer from Horsehead and a bloody good drinker. Max. Max War. Kevin. Max, how you going? Good, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. Max, hey. <laughs> now, Maxie War, probably the greatest war. Steve War's good, but Mark War's team is all right. But Maxie War's probably the king of the wars. The drummer from the Uncanny X-Men, Kev. Also the drummer of Horsehead, Jennifer Lee Band, and I think Horsehead and Uncanny X-Men. Jennifer Lee Band? Where did that come from? <laughs> you were the Jennifer Lee Band. Yeah, yeah, but I think I was about 12 or something. I don't remember, mate. Well, that's all right. That's all right. Now, before we get into the interview, Matt, do you have a beer? I was going to wait until after because I thought I'd keep myself tidy, but hey, what the hell? No, I don't live dangerously. That's 2020, mate. Okay, so give, us a sec- give us a second. Hang on, mate. Hang on. All right, here we go. All right, you're getting a lot of This would be the highlight of the show, I tell you. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right, g'day, George. How are you, mate? What are you up to? Oh, oh nothing. Right, oh, what have you done? Had a beer. All right, hang on a second. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Right. Oh, that's so cold, mate. I've been at bloody work all day, mate, so that is the greatest thing that has happened to me today. I'm telling you. Sorry, fellas. Ooh. Now, come on, guys. you got the first beer of the day, especially I've been at work. I've been at bloody work. I've been at bloody Rob Labor all day setting up Michael Dinkins' new bloody television countdown show. What's it called? The Sound. The Sound? Yeah, we're doing a we're doing a we're doing a episode on Monday, so I was just organising that, you know. What the X Men? We're on. No, no. Oh, where, are you kidding? I'm <laughs> <laughs> just not having enough on because I got kicked out of Gadinsky's Christmas party for saying. I think it's all about that, mate. I think it's about Michael's wife. She fucking hates you, mate. <laughs> you need to leave now. <laughs> you need to leave now. And hang on. Well, I reckon the best thing about that was Brian's wife just said. 
Brian, I want to talk to you. That's <laughs> <laughs> why you're getting so much trouble, mate. Sue was loving it. You need to leave now. It's like, I thought it was bloody hilarious, but, you know, I can well, appreciate my look, buddy's got a lot of shit to go through after that. Well, look, I say 35 things that are more offensive every week. And, exactly. And, and it was my wife's fault to start with. Oh, exactly. Right. Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on. And Molly had a lot to do with it, too. Well, it's Molly. Yeah. But, but look, I, as we're driving there, I smashed it at this gig in Footscray, uh, Williamstown. <laughs> then, I'd, then I'd been doing some celebrity dancing and headlined the freaking Alana Ball. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've got two out of three down. I get to the freaking party. I'm a little cocky. I've had a few drinks. And oh, as you do, Sue, mate. Sue tells me on the way there, oh, Kate, finally she's had a hit. I go, oh, yeah, what's her hit? And she says, it's the last day on earth. I go, oh, fantastic. First person I bump into is Kate, and I go, I love your hit, it's fantastic. Could have left it at that, but then I started seeing it too, and her face just crumpled. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I said, She says, That's not my song. I said, Oh, <laughs> uh, no. that's not my song. But then Molly's sitting there in the chair with his legs open. If anyone knows you, George, they yeah. know. But you say some sort of things that probably shouldn't be said occasionally. Absolutely. You don't, you don't know me any offence. No. Just a bit yeah. of fun. <laughs> so anyway, that's probably why we're not doing the Red Hot Summer <laughs> Exactly. That's why we're not on the Red Hot Summer Tour. And I doubt we'll be on the sound either. The, the lawyers have just put their phones down. So we're good. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Take it hey, easy, fellas. There's no libel here. Hey, Max, yeah, I've got to ask. Take it easy. Brian told me that you had uh, you had a he said uh, this is the war cricket story uh, the, to beat all war cricket oh, stories. I used to go to <laughs> Beaumaris North Primary School, yeah. right, which is uh, in Beaumaris, of course. One of my mates at school was a chap called John Meckham, yeah, and his father was Ian Meckham, the cricketer. And if yep. uh, Kevin, you know about Ian, don't you? I know Ian. I used to work with Ian. Right. Well, Ian got kicked out of the cricket team because he was chucking the ball. He was called for but throwing. But now I don't yes. know much about bloody cricket, mate, but what I seem to notice today is every Indian bowler seems to bowl exactly the same way as Ian did, you know? <laughs> he sort of flicks his, flicks his wrist at the end of the stroke, you know, rolls his arm over and flicks it. But I, well, anyway, got yeah, kicked hang, out. Hang, hang on a sec, Nick. Let's just get an official cricket opinion about Ian Meckett from Yeah, Kevin. right, eh? We're going to do that. So, Kev, what's, what's your opinion about Ian Meckett? I didn't think Ian was a chucker. Right. No, neither did I. No, I didn't think he was a very good guitarist, but okay. <laughs> so we all agree on something. <laughs> anyway, John, we're playing cricket in you know, in primary school in the in the team and everything, and we've all got our whites on and everything. I'm up the and I used to be the wicket keeper. And he bowls the ball down, full toss, the bloody batsman ducks, and I just put my hands up in front of my face, but the ball got in before my gloves. Didn't it? Smashed my nose, broke my nose. Bloody crowded everywhere, all over my bloody white suit and the whole number. Next thing you know, there's an ambulance and they drag me off to hospital with a broken nose. What am I going to do? It's not my bloody fault. <laughs> and guess what? About what? four weeks ago, I was walking through Albert Park to get a bloody coffee or something. And I, I goes, hey, Matt, you know, hey, Craig. Because that was, used to be my name before I changed it by default. Yeah. And it was uh, John Meckham. He's, uh, he's involved in sort of... Uh, Oh, media or somebody thing. Yeah. And he, we had a chat and had a coffee together. It was wonderful because I hadn't seen the guy since I was in primary school. I think we're going to have to get you back on because we haven't spoken about anything. <laughs> we haven't spoken about What are we going to speak about? <laughs> well, I just thought we might ask you a little bit about, you know, Madonna flying you over to LA. And yeah, that was a bit of fun. Tell us about that. We were just uh, we just formed the band and we did our first show down at uh, the station hotel. And there was about we're talking six, about Horsehead, Horsehead, yeah, yeah. And um and we and we wrote some songs and we go down and play. This is like an original band. We're starting something new and we started playing at the corner hotel on a Tuesday night for free. And there was about six people there. You the guys' girlfriends and you know a few managers, a few bar staff. It was pretty embarrassing. Then within three weeks, the place was a queue out the front. There was like a pile of people there, and Michael, he's speaking of him, he was there as well, Molly was there, it was just sort of a bit of a bit exciting, and we did this demo, when you go to the States and play, if you're going to sort of shop for a record deal, you need to have a lawyer, the yes. band manager can't do it, the lawyer does it, right? All that. so you have to have a lawyer, his name was Jonathan Ehrlich, he represented uh, Indersky's 
Grumman and Schindler, they're the biggest lawyers, music industry lawyers in New York. And um, they represented Madonna and Freddie DeMann, who managed Madonna and he managed Michael Jackson. Now, our lawyer was Jonathan Ehrlich, and he was in the office. Our demo got sent to him, and he happened to be listening to it, and he saw Freddie in the office, and he called him in, and he said, mate, come and listen to this. And he walked into the office, and he had to listen to the demo, and he goes, fuck, who is this? And Jonathan said, oh, it's my band in Australia. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait a sec. When he said, fuck, who is this? Was he really angry about the sound of <laughs> Oh, he was fucking furious, <laughs> Brian. He's he never been more furious in his life. Uh, yeah, well, look. No, nah, look, the deal was he just kind of loved the band. He thought, I want to see them. And it was like, and Jonathan said, oh, well, we'll fly out to Australia and see him. And he said, no, get him to come here. He'd paid for us to go to LA, and we did a uh, showcase gig at uh, the Cat House in Los Angeles. And we're the first band on. There's four bands on. And there's trucks and there's cranes and cameras and everything. I thought we were playing by ourselves. We got there. There's four bands on. We're on first. But they won't let us go on because we haven't got green cards and we can't earn any money. So we're showcasing for the record company. We're on before the place opens. Now, there happens to be 2,000 people queued out at the front. And we go, can we let them in? Can we let the crowd in? No, nah, we can't. You're on before the place opens. And we're going, really? We go, all right, so we'll do that. And, and the band that was headlining that night was Rage Against the Machine. Oh, and they were, filming the, they were filming the clip, Killing in the Name. Remember that? Killing yeah, in the Name. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, they were filming that there that night at the Cat House, and we played first before the place opened. The six folks in suits standing there with their hands crossed going, Right, nodding while we're playing. <laughs> and we're trying to put in and perform and be the fucking rock stars. And they're all standing there nodding and looking at us. And at the end of the show, we go up and it's all wonderful. And they pat me on the back and it's all great. And we watch Rage and went, fuck, this is your competition? You're playing, you know, I'd, ne- I'd never heard of them. And we just went, fuck me, you know, this is what you're up against. You know, it's amazing. The talent over there at that time with uh, the grunge scene, with Alison Chains and Soundgarden and, you know, those Nirvana oh, and those sort of yeah. bands. It was, but they were fantastic bands. You know, they were fantastic. The whole scene was alive. It was really good. But our, Jonathan was a bit of a dodgy dude, as the lawyers are, and Freddie didn't quite realise that he'd paid for return tickets for us to go to New York and back. And, and he offered us a record deal, but he wanted to give us a development deal and not really sign us as such. He wanted to just put it in his studio, which we probably should have done in hindsight. And yeah. record some music and see how it went. And because lawyers want to make their commission off the thing, they went, no, nah, we'll go to New York, we'll get signed in New York. So we go, no, nah, fuck you, we're going to New York. <laughs> so you don't say that to Petty the Man, mate. He's the most powerful manager in America. <laughs> you know, we're just Australian blokes playing rock music. We don't fucking care or know the hell what we're doing. <laughs> so off we go over to New York. We play at uh, Bleecker Street and uh, CBGB's. And all the record companies in America, uh, there was everyone there, every Atlantic, uh, every RCA, every single CBS, everyone was there. And that's not a good thing because they all know each other and they walk into the gig and they say, oh, there's Sony, there's CBS, there's this, there's, and they go, well, we're not going to get into a bidding war for a rock band from Australia. We ended up signing them with Indoscope or someone. It was just, but it was just sort of something that we didn't know what we were involved in. And we were just playing music and hoped that it would be sorted out. Jeez. Then we stayed in New York for a while and negotiated with the record companies for a while. And then they buggerized around and stuff and no one could make a decision. And we wanted to relocate to America and break the band out of America. They just wanted a big sign and get the commission. So we came home. We ended up signing to Mushroom because Michael offers a great deal. Oh, wow. So I'm being quite honest. I like Michael Dizzy like a lot. I love him. And uh, he helped us in immensely, and we were signed to them. For those of you that tuned in late or whatever, the band that Max was talking about was the Madonna and all that. That was the Wiggles. And, that was uh, the Wiggles, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was Horsehead. Yeah. Um, and we, we, haven't, we, uh, we started playing again after 20 years, and we got signed to another company, and they did a box set of our records, on, our CDs on vinyl. And that came out, and we started doing some shows. Hey, Maxie, did uh, what, what, did Madonna think Horsehead was a sexual position, or did she know you were a band? 
It's all about sex, mate. She loves it. She thought we were awesome, mate. You know, and she's quite a sexy woman, mate. I'm, can I just, before we go, when we, were, when we were in LA, Freddie invited us into his office. It's a huge office. Like, it's massive, you know. Huge leather desk at the end and plush furniture and it's full on, you know. And on the left side, there's, like, plaques all over the wall and there's, like, 60 platinum CDs on the wall of Michael Jackson. Oh, and on the other side, there's, like, 55 CDs of Madonna, you know, and you just walk in, there's just millions of dollars dripping out of the roof. You're just so intimidated and they're so not down to earth and they're so not Aussie. It's very, very hard to be what you are. Yep. You yeah, right. Mean? You've got to adapt yeah, to their, so, their standards. And yeah, well, it's, not, it's not about standards. It's about Americans being... Oh, we're great. You know, everything's great. Everything's great. Everything's great. And they're not really honest to you. But we're America. We're great. Probably we're great. Exactly. Probably the greatest country in the universe. The greatest Probably president has ever been. Remember me, your favorite president. <laughs> Brian. Yes, yes. Max, yes. you both yes, need yes. to leave now. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right, Kevin. I think that's probably the greatest thing for me tonight. Thank you, Listen, you two, I've got plenty of fodder there to cut together and uh, and sue the both of your asses off, but I won't. I'll... Excellent. Thank you, Kevin. That's fantastic. I appreciate that, mate. I'll, I'll just use it on the podcast instead. Max War. Right. Yeah, Maxie Ward. Good tell fella. You, <laughs> tell you what. Well, he had a tenuous cricket connection there. That's that works. That was it. And I tell you what, brother, he should be he should be uh, advertising beer. Didn't that beer he had tasted for us? Didn't that sound beaut? I mean, uh, as soon as this is over, he's inspired me to go and grab a beer and see if I can enjoy it as much as he does. It must be twelve o'clock somewhere, surely. Oh, sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> you now we changed that. COVID's changed that uh, that rule a, a little bit with. Uh, most of us, I think, too, just quietly. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, now, that is our show for another week. We've got to finish by playing uh, Liam Gubbins, uh, Gubb as he's known, uh, Marcy Howard's uh, son's song called Changes, which she she talked about a little earlier. So we're going to finish with that. But uh, it's been fun. Shake and Stevens, don't forget to check out that uh, fabulous box set available uh, at the end of the month uh, of November, uh, just in time for Christmas, if you want to get shaky into your collection. Oh, you need to get Shaky in your collection. No collection is complete without Shaky there. All 266 songs that go with it. You know what, though? I'll tell you. Of the 266 songs, there's only 264 that I love. Yeah, really? There's two that I think are just a bit mediocre. I think it was was a bit off colour that day. But... You know, that's just my opinion. Others probably say all 266 are great, but I felt that 264 were a very strong, high standard. 65 <laughs> and 66, not so much. Yeah, fair enough. Right. How, how many songs would you have recorded over the years, actually recorded that you uh, could, if you did what Shaky's done, that you could put out in box sets? Would you be at the 200 have, mark? No, I'd have um, I've got two EPs, so there's eight. Uh, no, six. Four is ten. <laughs> ten on an album, ten on another album, so there's 30. Another ten on... Is it Christmas yet? Th- that album, <laughs> uh, it's 40. Oh, no, there's about 15. There's a 45. All right, you keep going there and I'll tell people about mercots.edu.au. About, about 60, I reckon. Of course, you can give them a call on one three hundred triple five five seven six. Sorry, that was 60, was it? Yeah, but of the 60 songs... Only 64 of them are fantastic. Well, fair enough. Uh, and on that note, we bid you farewell, Mr Mannix. Murcotts.edu.au, one three hundred triple five five seven six. Been lovely once again. Thanks to Shake and Stevens. Thanks to Marcy Howard. Uh, thanks to Max War. Maxie. Uh, right. and, and also, uh, we're going to finish with uh, with Gub's song, Changes. Check it out. Uh, check Marcy's songs out on Spotify and Gub's songs as well. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Kev, and uh, thank you for listening. (laughs) 